Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I have to forgive my voice. I have some kind of ear infection and throat thing going on. I'm negative on all sorts of tests, but I can like 50% hear out of this ear, so if my voice was moving around a lot, that is why. We commemorate this evening, again, the feast not, of not only the prophet Habakkuk, but of a new saint entered into the calendar, Saint Porphyrios, who was a modern Greek uh, saint, elder Miranda, who his life uh, has been very beneficial, life-giving to many of us. He is pictures of him. He is uh, contemporary in the sense there is many living people now who knew him, who benefited from his pastoral ministry uh, and he is, there's a really great book, Wounded by Love that is available that I highly suggest if you've never read it that you read it. It is especially uh, good because it's an activity fast. Uh, if you don't have time for an activity fast then put it on your Linton to read list. St. Porphyrios, in many ways, though he's a 20th century saint, <clears throat> his life resounds and echoes, as most saints' lives do, the lives of saints earlier. As a young child, uh, he didn't have the easiest of childhoods. He, though, was very devout and pious, and he read, if I remember it correctly, it's been a few years since I've read the book, so I might be switching around a few examples from other saints' lives. So, if somebody has recently read the book, correct me. There's one particular life of a saint that he really grabbed onto. If I remember correctly, St. Maximus the Hutburner, which I can't say the last in Greek what Hutburner is. It's very nice sounding. Uh, we might be wondering, okay, Maximus the Hutburner, what, what in the world does that mean? Maximus the Hutburner, his life, and then Porphyrios as a kid, when he read this, he was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be a Hutburner. Okay, what is a Hutburner? A Hutburner means that St. Mac, uh, Maximus, wherever he, I believe his life was lived out on the Holy Mountain, which is uh, in Greece, is, you would kind of call it a republic of uh, monasteries in uh, kind of on this little promontory in northern Greece. And he would go around he would build himself a structure. He would live there for a period of time. He built a hut. And then when it was time for him to go, because he never stayed in one place very long, you can imagine what he did to the hut since the title. He burned it. So this was one who was imitating Christ, not having a place to lay his head down, uh, who was emphasizing uh, connection uh, to heaven, so therefore detachment from things of this world. And young St. Porphyrios, he's like, I'm going to the Holy Mountain, and I'm going to pursue this life. Circumstance didn't allow him uh, early on, but basically he escaped and got to the Holy Mountain. And he lived on the Holy Mountain in obedience there in the monastery, and he lived there for quite some time, until he basically got sick and could no longer live on the Holy Mountain. There's much in the his life about his, I'll say adventures, his journey after God and uh, 
his own internal struggles and uh, internal feats towards God. But he ends up, he can't live the rest of his life on an apple. This is what, since a kid, he thought, this is what I'm going to do. His plans, as he thought, are derailed. And he ends up, actually, this is where he spends the majority of his ministry, he ends up as a chaplain in a hospital in downtown Athens. That's quite a jump. Manathos, which at the time, it's like you've jumped back into the 15th century, and then now he's in the middle of the 20th century in downtown Athens, a chaplain of this particular hospital. There is, in our minds, the idea, especially if we read the lives of the saints, or we encounter, and we delve into the life of the church, we can get fantasies about what it is, you know, our life in Christ, life in the church. Maybe we should have been a monk, maybe blah, 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 blah. The St. Porfirio shows you can pursue God in the monastery, or maybe God's going to say, hmm, you did time there, now you're going to go, and you're going to be in downtown Athens, and you're going to serve in a hospital, and you're going to serve those uh, who are suffering and therefore he served as an apostolic witness in the midst of a lot of suffering, a lot of societal change, because mid-20th century uh, Athens is uh, very different from the childhood that he had led. But he had as a focus throughout his ministry, while he had his feet firmly planted, in the life of the church, the writings of the fathers, the reading and contemplation of Holy Scripture, uh, prayer, you know, intense prayer rule, that he would always emphasize love. Even to those who would wander into the church who were not dressed the way they should be or something along the lines where they didn't really understand church and churchiness, you have some who, you know, want to raise their voice, wag their finger. He would work with those many stories of how he would pastorally move people deeper into the life of Christ, into the life of the church. There's one particular saying of St. Porphyrios, out of many of them, and stories about St. Porphyrios, that has always struck me. And that is that if one desires to become a Christian, he must first become a poet. St. Porphyrios, when he is saying this, this does not mean we all need to become sonnet writers and study meter and rhyme and you know all the different ways you can do endings and maybe another language because other languages have to do poetic schemes differently. And he is talking about, in the context, the way in which we need to approach our life as one that has the vision of God such that everything that is happening and is going on is lit up with God. He calls this a kind of poetic vision. And so you say, what does that practically mean? Well, from what I gather from the life of St. Porphyrus, the way that he formed himself in order to become like that, was in many ways he was imitating St. Maximus the Hutburner, <clears throat> which is, he filled his mind, not with things that deserve to be burnt up, but he very specifically talks about particular uh, 
hymns, particular uh, passages of scripture, things that he would commit to memory and he would sing all the time, particular hymns. In uh, Wounded by Love, he goes very specific ones from this particular canon, this Theotokian. Like he had memorized a host of hymnody so that when he would walk the streets of Athens as much as he would walk the paths of Nanathos, he would have within his mind and his heart and on his lips the teachings of the church, what the church puts before us, what the church lauds, what he, uh, in devotion to the Panagia, which is a more Greek way of talking about the Theotokos, the Holy One, uh, that he would drench his mind, his eyes, his heart with things of God. So that if you're, there's all sorts of different kinds of poetry, but there's something about poetry that transfigures the world, that takes the ordinary things and just kind of looks at it askance and provides a moment of being able to see things in a light or to reflect on a particular moment of transcendence. And St. Porphyrios, in encouraging the poetic, encourages us to see everything in the light of God, to have our minds and hearts fixed on those things so that everything that we encounter can be connected, can be woven into the life of God. This is, I think, the source of his joy. He is known for his joy, for his love, his presence. And you can see it in the pictures of him. He looks like a pretty wizened old man in his pictures, but there's just this happiness that you can see in his face because of the joy that he found in God, in praising him no matter what his circumstances were, detaching himself from things that were of less worth, and attaching his heart, his mind, his life to those things that have real weight, real depth, to be able to see, <coughs> even in St. Isaac and Syrian talk about a blade of grass, or the entire cosmos, a light with God's presence, God's love, and the joy that we have, the hope that we have, and God's uh, love that will bring us, raise us up into eternity. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.